Whether it's talk about the state of hockey. Just conversing about the world of professional wrestling. Oh my god! Trip, you know what? You just made the list! Oh no! Oh, here we go. Or other pop culture phenomenon. Rob and Dave give you, the listener, their uncensored opinions on the High Sticks and Super Kicks Podcast. The first period starts right now. One and all to the newest episode, High Sticks and Super Kicks podcast, your home for the perfect blend. Hockey and professional wrestling with your pal, Robin, Dave. I forgot your yeah, name, yeah. my friend. Your first uh, episode of 2021. My goodness. How long has it been? I think we were discussing it prior to August was the last one. Yeah, well, there wasn't a hell of a whole lot to talk about unless you wanted to talk about uh, dead wrestlers because you weren't getting a hell of a whole lot out of hockey from... What's hockey? End, What's hockey? The end of a, it started today. Giddy like a schoolgirl watching Toronto get their ass kicked already. Congratulations to the Flyers. They win game one of the 21 season. Let's, go, let's hope they don't win another one. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, they get they get their back-to-back Friday against Pittsburgh. What, what are you going to do? Yeah, so, well, I guess we'll get into the schedule and everything yeah. as we go. Happy to say that we start our home home opener tomorrow to an empty arena. No, we play in Boston tomorrow. No, we play home tomorrow. Do they? Yeah. Uh-huh. I thought they played in Boston tomorrow. Nah. It doesn't matter either way. <laughs> There's nobody there. <laughs> the only home that we will have is sitting in our living rooms watching TV on the MSG networks. For once, a men's league game at 11 o'clock on a Thursday night has just as many fans as an NHL game at 7 p.m. on a Thursday night. Yes, those crickets are going to be magnanimous. Ah. <sighs> All right, so the Devils had some. Uh, we'll, I guess we'll start from the draft, and then yeah, work our way after that. We'll say, you know, obviously, since we've last spoke, did we talk about Tampa winning and I probably all bubble I playoffs, or should we just start fresh? Ah, uh, we can start fresh with the Devils stuff, and then we'll move into a little bit of uh, league stuff, and then you know, finish with that. <clears throat> so. All right, so. Uh, our draft picks this year, we had three of them, one from Taylor Hall, one was our own, and where was the other one was from Buffalo. Vancouver, Vancouver slash Tampa Bay. <laughs> um, Interesting draft, with, by the way, too, because <clears throat> trying to figure out where we fit in and what do we end up with, seventh pick, when we thought we were getting six or higher, depending on yeah. what type of hockey guard you pray to. 
Well, you knew you, we weren't getting uh, number one overall for the third time in four years or five years. Um, also, Catherine Tappen wasn't wearing red, so I knew we weren't getting Stalker. first. Yeah. Um, but our first pick, Alexander Holtz. He looked awesome in the World Juniors. He yeah. looks like he reminds me of a, I don't know, not as silky as Eliash kind yeah. of player where he's he's got this shoot first mentality but he's not scared to pass the puck he's you know he's got the perfect balance of being selfish and being a good teammate which is awesome uh he seems to have a little snarl he doesn't back away from stuff because they seem to be going after him especially in the Canada Sweden game and his his pure blunt honesty in post game things where I think somebody had asked when they were playing the uh, Russian team was like, yeah, you know, you're, you're a devil teammate and defenseman and this and that. And he's like, yeah, if I, you know, basically like if I kick his ass, I kick his ass and hopefully we have some good times in, in, in New Jersey, but that's the goal. <laughs> I'm sitting here and go like, well, okay, terrific. <laughs> but, uh, he was, uh, he was good. I think our next pick was the, the, uh, Abdullah, the butcher. The Abdullah the Butcher, okay. <laughs> whatever his name is, Medulian, whatever. Um, big Chara-like defenseman where if you read Devil's Message Boards, you people either love him or hate him. I think um, a lot of people hate him for the simple fact of we don't – we. I think we wanted the guy who went the previous pick that the – Schneider, Ranger, yeah, he yeah, went that, to the Rangers. That Rangers traded for to get above us, Bastages. Um, but yeah, I think everybody was hell bent on that. Was like, yeah, he's coming to us. It's great. And the next thing you know, the trade happens, and everybody just crapped on him. But uh, allegedly, um, he set a record for um, for points what? for the, under nineteen year old defenseman in the KHL. Yeah, and the positives. Um, I don't know. The positives of him seem okay. Like the upside. You know, I don't know I'd, now. I don't know if they're pimping him up or anything because it's a Russian guy or anything. But I mean. I don't think he's going to be Niedermeyer, but I don't think he's going to be Eric Jelena either. I uh, think he's going to be a, a kind of, I don't know, maybe a, maybe a Severson where, yeah, you know what? He's going to put up points for you, but holy liability in the defensive zone sometimes. But we'll discuss on how that might change, you know, going ahead. And then our third pick in the first round was, uh, Mercer, is that his name? Yeah. It's either that uh, or those Mercer and the Russian guy were flipping. Yeah. Uh, he seemed to me, everyone was raving in the World Juniors about his two-way game. They they showed a couple of shifts where, you know, Canada was in their offensive zone and then this guy backchecks his ass off to go the other way. Uh, he really, really seems to be like he's not going to be a top six forward, but a middle six, maybe a, a Pandolfo slash Madden kind of guy, maybe a Blake Coleman, which would be nice cause, since we don't have him anymore. If you can kind of like um, forecast where these kids are going to go, considering what we have now on our team, they probably fit in fine with mid to bottom six. Now, which is like when you slot them in when they're ready for the NHL, right? Right. Well, which looking is, at, you know, I'm not going to jump ahead to our 
where we're going to talk about what we think our opening day lineup is going to be tomorrow. But if you look at the guys that we drafted, maybe the the Russian defenseman kid, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name, maybe he is that that kind of fifth four, you know, fifth fourth defenseman that we need. We don't need we don't need to look for a Scott Niedermeyer or Scott Stevens because w- w- as much as we need it, you don't find those guys every day. All right. Whether it be drafts or trades, you know, we don't find that. But what we need now is if you look at our lineup, once we get Nico back, our top two lines are young and skilled. Our bottom two lines are a little bit shaky. So maybe, you know, Mercer is the kind of guy that we need to be that that kind of anchor on that third line where, you know what, he might chip in your, your 11, 12 goals and maybe your 30 assists, but he's going to be a plus 12. And maybe he helps out a guy like Boquist moving to the wing or, or Johansson or the Kukanani, whatever the hell his name is. Kukanani. Yeah. Um, I, I have to, we have to give Fitzgerald one, one credit. Dude drafts the alphabet like nobody's business. Yeah, we really do. I'm pretty sure if I look at the lineup that we have in front of us right now, that I think we, we have, have all every letter. Of the alphabet. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know the draft is always a crapshoot. You know we we were really high up when we went Swedes with Josephson and Tenenby, and where are they now? You know, and well, then there's guys that we never expected to make the lineup, like you know. Bastion, you know, and then there's guys where the jury's still out, like McLeod and Boquist and Zaka, where, you know what, I think this is their, well, not Boquist, but I think Zaka and McLeod, this is your put up or shut up year because. Absolutely. absolutely. That that bridge year stuff for, for Zaka is done. Like the, your bridge to this year, this, this, what is this? Is this year two of three? Or is this two of two? I, I, I think I'm, this is this is his second year. I mean, we should be more prepared, but I don't really care <laughs> enough to look at Zaka's contract. Yes, but as of now, he's getting until Nico comes back. He's getting top six minutes. So let's see what you do because if you're just going to be that guy that lolly gags through the neutral zone and then shows that one brilliant play where you beat a guy one on one and go to the net, like it's great that he's a great penalty killer. But dude, you were the seventh pick overall or sixth pick overall. I don't want a great penalty killer. I don't want Manny Malhotra. I, I want a guy that's going to score. And I get that Lindy Ruff is one of those. He gives guys opportunities. How many there are, I'm pretty sure there's not. I'm giving you 10 opportunities. It's one of those. I'll give you one. I'll give you two. I'm going to describe what you need to do at three. And if you don't do it by four, you're out. Right. right? That's that's and what we need. So You know what? What's his name? Who was the coach before? What? Uh, which one? Because yeah. we had two last year. Hines, you know, and and Nazardine, who's technically back, but uh, these were the kind of guys where, oh, you know, you made a mistake. It almost seemed like if they didn't like you, they had no problem benching you. But if you made a mistake and you were good, it was kind of like, oh, that's all right. We'll get another shift out there. Like how many times did, I don't know, would get benched for the stupid blind passes mistakes? Almost never because he'd go out and get into a fight and everybody loved that. But then you look at somebody like, shit, I can't even think of Severson, you know, making mistakes and he got sat at times. But that's the draft. 
So moving on to uh, well, between back. draft and then hiring coaching staff, Lindy yeah. Ruff totally out of left field. I I look, I think we were talking about it at the time. Going what? Um, Laviolette. Laviolette. We we were thinking of uh, Nazardine might be getting the job again. I mean, we had high hopes for a coach. It was right there, for, it, right there for the taking, and then Lindy Ruff off the Rangers bench. Out yeah, of well, the uh, play-in for the uh, for the summer. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not bothered by him being the coach. It's is it it's not the sexiest pick, but but I also I, I also kind of bought into what Fitzy says that given Lindy Ruff's track record between Buffalo when they were young, Dallas, youngish, and what he what he does for young players. It impressed me enough to go, first of all, Fitzy was like, this is the guy that we wanted, this is the plan that I have, and this is the coach that fit it. Meanwhile, you rewind, what, three, four years ago, and Shiro being GM, and you just sat there and you went, damn, great. And who's going to be our head coach? Are we going to you know, go for, like, trade for Babcock? We're going to do this? He hires a guy out of, you know, AAA for for Pittsburgh, and, and you're like, okay. Let's see how I mean, it goes. To his defense, he's still an NHL coach, so it's not like he's Heinz is, you know, a one shot wonder. But true. But we'll we'll see where where the Predators end up um, this year. Because remember, one you know, one year and that was it. But so you bring in him. You bring in Mark Recchi. Interesting pick for for an assistant, right? To help the PK or power play. Sorry, um, that shocked me. I figured if you're going Lindy Ruff and everything, it, it's another good. Pittsburgh guy. <laughs> and then, and then you just think about okay, well, Lindy Ruff's coming in, so he's going to pick everybody from from Buffalo. He's going to pick everybody that he had in Dallas, and what whoop de do off the radar with this pick. Yeah, I mean, well, I believe Recky was part of the group of coaches that got fired in Pittsburgh. Yes, the only the only person that lived through it was the head coach Sullivan. Um, and what did Pittsburgh do in the meantime? Hired two ex-head coaches to be his assistants. If that's yeah. not a, you do it this year or you're out. Yeah, it's one of those. See, look over your shoulder. The guy that's helping you is also waiting for you to, to fall. Yeah. Um, you know that feeling. Uh, so you have him and you have Nazardine. And is Greer still there? No, Greer left. And Kowalski left or was reassigned somewhere within the organization. I don't know. And I don't so, and I don't even know who the heck our goalie coach is to be honest. Quite quite honest. It's uh what's his name? Clemenson, isn't it? No, he's like a special assignment guy. But he's huh. not like but he's not the goalie coach in, in uh Bing. He got like semi elevated. He's like he's like in hockey purgatory between Binghamton and New Jersey. He's just, no. just that, no. ro- that roving instructor that a lot of people in major league baseball like to talk about. But well, uh, that that's you a, know, it's a strange the new coaching, coaching yeah. It's a it's a strange coaching staff because everything with the coaching staff hires is out of left field. Yeah, I, I mean I'm not complaining. Mark Recchi, I mean he's not going to have your you're not going to have your what's it called your Malkin and Crosby on this team that you can run an awesome power play through. It's going to have to be done through committee. So is that the kind of thing that he's comfortable with? And then I and then I kind of look at how. Um, the, the the media stuff that comes out from from the way the Devils are doing it this year, which 
for my perspective is just absolutely stupid. It's like we're we're acting like we're a huge market team with all these like you know the the uh you know preseason stuff is all sponsored by you know Prudential and I'm like you're not you don't even have your own TV channel like pipe down. But the way that everybody's talking about Lindy Ruff, uh, Miles Wood mentioned that he loved the fact that he's never seen what Lindy Ruff is teaching in the NHL before, so he hopes to surprise people. Yeah, that so- doesn't surprise me. With If Miles Wood is saying that, I'm surprised he hasn't realized that there's lefties out there. <laughs> and then the flip side of that is, okay, if you're looking to surprise the NHL, one, why is Bryce Salvador on Twitter dissecting how practice is going with, with you know, redlining. And the, I'm sitting there going, yeah, okay, typical Devils, I guess. Uh, but the feedback from everything where, yes, I guess it's a new new group, uh, coaching-wise, players are like, okay, now we got to play. It's not the old crap. It, there's, a, there's an infused amount of, I guess, skepticism or optimism, depending on what type of glass you want to drink out of. Um, is there something when you're not either, like, you're just like, if you go in with no expectations, you can either be let down or excited or excited. Let's coin a new phrase. Let's call that the COVID right in the middle. (laughs) It's COVID not too high and it's not too low. I'm 2020, you know, could be good. There were good parts and there were bad parts. I'm just in the middle riding the wave, the COVID wave. So, yeah. So, yeah. So I, yeah. Tempered expectations. I'm not expecting anything from this team. If if we made the playoffs, cool. If we get a lottery pick again, okay, I'm cool with that too. You know, it's it's. I mean, especially in in a draft that's coming up. uh, I forget the name of the kid, but he's supposed to be like the next generational kind of talent. But uh, see, with me, it's. I look at how this team ended up last year with bits and pieces and they played better, right? Now they got a chip on his shoulder, right? Allegedly Hughes packed on about 15 pounds. Um, I don't know steroids, um, what he uh, did to, to get that. I don't think allegedly, I don't know. I don't think eating freaking IHOP pancakes three times a day would put that much on you, but I mean, muscle. Then again, we are also talking what, Nine months, ten, ten months well, nine. since he last step. We've on seen ice, him. Yes. Yeah. So you're talking if he put on a pound and a half a month. Well, there you go. So, I mean, the the other thing too is that the, the last year, right, with the trade of PK Subban, there was buzz because oh my god, we traded for PK Subban. This year, the buzz is PK Subban is taking some type of role, like or enhancing whatever role he thought he should have had last year. He made a weird, weirdish comment, too, about at least he knows what his role is this year, that it's clear that, like, he used adjectives that made me think of, you know, what did the the triad of Nazardine and Hines and Shiro want from him last year? Like, it it sounds like PK is like, this is, I felt like I've been in this position before with other teams and I excelled there. I'm like, okay, that's that's fine. I mean, if if you're paying a guy nine mil, do something. Um, then again, the other chip on his shoulder is his personal life that's now in tatters. But whatever, that puts a 
chip on one shoulder and goes one way or the other. It's either going to be an ultimate distraction of him constantly going city to city and being like, so you had an interesting COVID break. Uh, yeah. Right Next before question. the season started. Next. Or it's going to be him just, you know, like, hey, you know, it's part of my life. I, now I've got more time to focus on hockey. Which uh, I think what I think he changed. means by the, the, the goal, I mean, the clear position he has on the team is if you look who he's paired up with now murray murray who is a defensive defenseman are you happy with that trade i don't think we gave up too much for it i don't think we gave up anything what did we give up like a third rounder and i and and if it was i don't think it was like ours like fitzgerald is just like shedding everything that we got in not our pick but if you look at the way he's paired you have a defensive defenseman with PK. So maybe Ruff's whole plan to make it clearer for him is, hey, PK, go out there and have fun. Go out there and be PK. What was the phrase oh. that they were using when they started camp and had the stupid NJ, like enjoy, right? Yeah. E, lowercase E, capital NJ, lowercase OY, right? Sure. Hey, look, if that, look, all right, let, let's be totally optimistic here. Let's just say we win a cup, right? And you rewind only the beginning. A stupid little phrase like enjoy, right? Got you to get the band back together and play some freaking hockey and win a 56-game scheduled cup. Well, I mean, maybe it also tells you that the team last year or the last two years, it wasn't fun for them. It wasn't fun to come in. So maybe Ruff's... Well, attitude is, hey, look, we're young, we're growing. Enjoy the fact that these young kids with all this skill are going to be good. So it's just going to take enjoy the fact that you're going to see, you know, ice time, Igor or McLeod or Bastion or these guys blossom into what they were expected to be. And Smith, Ty Smith and, and whoever else, you know, Nolan Foote and whatnot. Maybe these are the guys that you know, enjoy it, like have fun, go out there. So if you're saying the last two years weren't fun, let me, let me just do some math in my head. Uh, Last two years, not fun. Subtracted a player. Yeah. Or number nine. Um, Now he's back to his number four. So I bet he's really happy. Yeah. Where did, where did he sign? I, 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 Fucking <laughs> you know, he really wants to make a difference. He wants to play on a team that's got a real chance for the playoffs. Buffalo. You know, he's only played in the po- – oh, he went not, to bu- – let's go to Buffalo. Not the Buffalo Bills, mind you. <laughs> the Buffalo Sabres. Congratulations. Hey, you know what? It's He foreshadowed. They said, you know, I want to play for a coach like the – what's his name in, in Buffalo? And where did he end up? Buffalo. Yeah, on a one-year deal, on a show-me contract. That's going to get traded at the deadline. Yep. Sure. <laughs> We we have given up on Taylor Hall so goddamn quick. <laughs> yep. It's like he got traded. It's like, thank God. Meanwhile, well, you didn't want to be here. Meanwhile, you, know, you don't want a guy. You don't want to be here. Meanwhile, okay, was, I don't want you here. When he was winning the freaking, uh, you know, MVP award, we're like, yes. Then he started yeah, cracking. Because he's it, like, he's he gone. was showing. Yes. He was showing us this is who he could be if he wanted to be, and then he wasn't. So, it's like a push. He was like a push-up bra. It was false advertising. False advertising. Taylor Hall, the push-up bra. Yeah, the push-up bra of hockey players. Wonderful. I wonder if he listens. So, 
from the Devils. What should we be hopeful for in this upcoming shortened season? Uh, you put here number five, getting out, getting the most out of our draft picks. Yeah, I, I mean, I we kind of talked about it already. You know, uh, I, I don't think anybody that we drafted this year is going to be playing no, for us. No, I think uh, I think somebody even mentioned to Amanda Stein, like, oh, where's this guy? And she's like, yeah, there yeah. was not even a chance in hell he was even <laughs> sniffing rookie camp. Oh, Holtz, yeah. yeah. Holtz wasn't going to – he's still in Sweden. But he's playing against men, so that's a plus. Manly uh, men? Medulla Oblongata is playing against uh, men in Russia. And Mercer's <laughs> playing juniors, wherever that may be. What was his name? What was the Russian's name? Medula Oblongata. <laughs> you mean the butcher? That's up there. It's up there with Pikachu that we had a couple of years <laughs> ago. The best free agent signing mm. ever. All right, number four here on our top five bounce back years for PK. <laughs> you got you, the wrong name on there, number two. Yeah, you said Corey. Uh, I'm not sure which Corey we have. Um, <laughs> perhaps I hope girl? he does really well in, in Long Island. Sure. On the yeah. taxi squad. It's the uh, tri-state podcast here. PK just needs to – I don't need him to put up the, the the 60 and 70 points. I just need him to play smart because if he's going to get away doing spinoramas and you know blind passes and, and hope passes, you've got a young guy like Smith and Tennyson and – Tennyson? Yeah. Tennyson? Where, they're going to in Severson where they're going to see him do this. And if he get blows up on those, you know, hope passes and spinoramas and doesn't get in trouble for it. Well, it sends a bad message to the other guys. Yeah. So I hope he just plays a simple, get the puck up kind of game with shooting the puck instead of trying to dance around the guy, which he got nailed with a bunch of times last year. Uh, um, put, as uh, far as Hughes goes, I, the kid I, just needs luck. I, he just I, needs some puck luck. And the other, the other thing, too, is that, right, he had a COVID-shortened season, right? So As an 18-year-old. So, like, how, how do you judge that? Like, you know, obviously, great, he scored his first goal, and he just went apeshit, okay? And that was pretty cool to watch, and fine, I was there for that moment. Whoop-de-doo. But how, how do you judge that? I mean, I know he was injured for a little bit of time and things like that, so... was it's It's tough to judge him because you look at him at 18 years old and he looks like an 18 year old. Like you look at Kapu and you look at some of these other guys that were 18 that came in the league. I mean, they don't look 18. Jack Hughes looked like he was 18. And you're talking about a kid who's probably never played more than 50 games in a season. And then now you're not you're not only talking about playing 50 games in a season. You're talking about you're playing Tuesday night, Thursday night, Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Saturday, and you're flying from place to place. You know it, it's it's got to be tough for him. That's now true. he's got that first year under his belt, and he's got a little more weight. And on top of that, with Nico being out for I'm gonna guess. Another couple of weeks. He hasn't. They say they two weeks. He hasn't started skating yet. From his last time right. I heard from Ruff. So, plus he's got to come over here for another week to. Um, no, he's here already. Is he? Yeah, he's been here. Oh, so it's Brad. That okay? Can we talk about Brad for a second? I, yeah. I, I when you texted me that he resigned because I guess I wasn't really paying attention to anything, but that came up and I said, okay, cool. Let me refresh and I looked at it. I got pissed. Okay, all this BS 
knowing that you needed to get a visa, knowing you needed to quarantine here for a week, all this BS for a two-year deal. Well, first of all, he couldn't get the visa until he had a job. Okay, so then he anchored his whole thing on getting what? A Mario Lemieux contract? No, dude. No, he probably wanted... Look at at what Barzell got. Right, but they're they're not comparison. That's not a comparison. But look at what Barzell got. And if if you were anticipating getting that or more, you're lying to yourself. You're not. Yeah. You're not. You're not at that point. He uh, he probably was hoping for a long term contract, long term money. So maybe he was looking for like a six year, four and a half, five million dollar contract. And the devil's like, yeah, no, we don't. We're not. We're not hitching our our horse to you on that. But here's what we'll do. We'll give you a two-year show me. Yeah. Show me contract. And then we'll open this up again. I, I just it, it, it burned me a little knowing that Brad is not a you, you think of Jesper Brat and, and, and you think of and you say what team is he on? Right? You he he's you say Kapu Kakinen, right? What team's he on? Rangers, right? He's not he's not at that name level. I think he I think he probably asked for way too much, but that that's just my pet peeve. Uh, so you also mentioned here on on, on option four of uh, defense as a whole, adding Murray, um, Ty Smith made the roster as a second pairing with Severson. Apparently, we'll get into that in a second. Um, and with uh, uh, Kulikov, Kulikov signed as a free agent. That was that's again, a again insurance. I was I was out of the blue. We signed Sammy Votnin again for a year. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. <laughs> um, look. Considering that a lot of people, and even Kanji said that he played, Sammy Vaughton, I'm speaking of, played probably his best hockey before he got injured with us throughout his time that was here. So it's it's promising enough. Everybody's like 28. Okay. Um, I'm happy on two fronts. I can still keep his jersey in the other part. he's He knows this team and he can contribute, which is fine. So I think defensively, yes, that was it's been a huge upgrade. One trade itself, Mert for Murray. I, I would say anybody who who is essentially going to replace um, our former captain Andy Green probably going to be an upgrade anyway. But you think Vatnin's going to be the captain? No, Murray, especially if he takes number nine. He's not. I think he's. What number did he take? Twenty-two. I have no idea. Oh, um, he, he took Lemieux's number. Come on. But. Uh, Sacred. You have see, I didn't. I totally forgot about Vatnin, so I'm going to guess Vatnin is going to take Carrick's spot. Um, okay. Carrick but moves to the, the uh, scratch slash taxi. Yeah, uh, I think that the more important thing than the personnel that we're putting on the ice is, from what I read by PK, is that the defensive system in a defensive zone is just simpler. Yes, that's under rough mm-hmm. that it's. That it's easier to understand that it's not like if this happens, then this happens, and then you have to do this. It's more like you go A, B, C, you know, kind of situation where it's not always that easy in a defensive zone. But if you take somebody like PK Severson, Butcher, Votnin, uh, Smith, because he's young, these young guys and say, Here's the plan. No matter what, it's A, B, C, D, A, B, C, D. It's a rotating plan. It makes it easier for them to transition from defense to offense. 
because whatever we were doing last year, there were times that Severson was standing next to the net with nobody around him on our on the other team, just lost. Like I, I which way? Where do I go? I don't know. Like he legit looked lost. I don't know if that was Nazardine. I don't know if that was Hines or what they told him to do. But as long as PK saying it's simple, I'm not expecting much offense from this defense. I just um, I would just like prefer defense to be in the name itself. Defend right. and score on a power play. Make a couple of breakout passes that lead to breakaways. That's all I'm really looking for. I'm I, not looking for a defenseman to take it from one end of the ice to the other and I don't, score your I don't want to goal. see the, the wood tandem having forty to forty five saves per. Yeah. I let's keep it at twenty to twenty five thirty as a high ceiling. Let's keep it low, please, for once. Let's see what else for this coming season. New coaches, at least it's fresh eyes. You know, I think you have to give them with the shortened season. I think you have to give them 10 games. If it was a normal season, I would have said 20 games. As I peeked but, in on the um, the second NHL game tonight with the uh, Tampa, who are they playing tonight? Tampa? Chicago. Chicago. No, no, no. It's yeah. Not sh- how, yeah, it's Chicago. It sh- yeah. How the hell is that? I thought we weren't traveling. Uh, whatever. But go ahead. Ultrek uh, was mentioning that normally in a season you take what the first twenty twenty five games to figure out what you got. Now he was saying in that same ballpark of like ten to thirteen games or something like that. Yeah, if you go, games. if you're going two and and eleven in the first thirteen games, you're not you're not pull, you're not pulling out of that nosedive. No, you know that's that's like a, that's might, like what we that's where year. you start going. So Seattle, who could we trade for that they'll take? Yeah kind of thing um, and I, I do think that everybody is buying into the coach stuff everything that's coming out of the players and, and I know everything I know hockey interviews are so bland and boring and positive and supportive and all that well you know we're just happy to be out there doc uh, oh. it's been a long time no, uh, no. why'd you cramp up no we're really excited all right sorry well Chico you know Steve <laughs> <laughs> yeah well Matt yeah yeah, they're they're bland, and everybody says the same thing, and everybody's fucking glasses full, even when you know it's not. I, th- uh, I, th- I the other part too is I think pretty much our team specifically, since we've been out for so long, ten months without playing hockey, I, they're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, but I'll tell you, I watched twenty minutes of Toronto, Montreal, and those are teams that actually played in the playoffs, and it's sloppy right now. Lots of passes in the feet, lots of uh, missing. Missing like wide open shots that you know that Matthews would have went bar down kind well, of thing. Well, let's do a really quick discussion. Is Pittsburgh that bad, or is this game one of a season? From the fact that the Flyers put up six, and I don't think Murray was in net. They don't have Murray anymore. He's in Ottawa. I did. Yeah, what's his name? It's uh, DeSmith, Titus, Dot, or Terry. Oh, it's one of those two so, guys. So maybe that's Casey one. DeSmith and. Uh, so maybe that's Tristan, Tristan Jerry. Jerry, I think was in that. Thing. Yeah, well, good for Pittsburgh. Cool. So it's well, everybody's Mal- picking. So it's going to be Malkin. It's going to be him, and it's going to be who's the number one? <laughs> yeah. Uh, potential UFAs. Um, Who are free agents? Let's see. We have Gusev, Palmieri, Zajac. I two of those three I want back. Three of the three. If one takes a. Very no. team friendly deal next season, like a one year. 
I don't want Zajac back. He can. Okay. So he goose, can go to Long Island. Goose and Palms, man. Me, I, I don't care. I don't care about what we have in a pipeline. You know what? Push the pipeline down a little bit. Make the skill set in lines two and three better. But you keep Gusev. You keep Palmieri. I understand yeah, the flat I th- cap. I think you keep. I, I think they keep one of them. I think they're going to keep one of the three. Okay. All right. I will. I will budge. I will budge if you trade one of them and you get something like, hey, you know, if it's like a top three, top five pick or something, or you're getting back something really juicy, like really, like an well, Ad, like an Adam or no, he's not not Adam Calfoot. Calfoot, whatever calcification. Anyway, maybe that's how I remember that name. You get somebody back like a foot, okay? And somebody mentioned on on my Twitter feed. Um, that Coleman's deal ends after this season. No. Come on, you don't bring him back? No. He's going to Dallas. He'll go to Dallas. Especially if the pandemic keeps up, he's going to Dallas. Um I'll keep my wishful thinking to myself then. But yeah, I think it's You're good. not you're not getting a first round pick for Gusev. You might get one for Palmieri. You're not getting a first round pick for Zajac at the end of the season. Unless you sweeten it with something else. So, all right. So let's just put it this way. Let's just say Palmieri resigns. Do you give him the captaincy or do you give it to Nico? I give it to Nico. Nico's here for seven years. They're not getting rid of him. Seven yards. First time we ever had a first round pick. You're not going to trade him unless he just completely Uh, fucking dog shits. And I don't think he's And you know what? You want to know why? Dude has army blood in him. Yeah. That's what he did during this offseason. So I... He's got commitment. He's got focus. So I'm 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 good with that for a while. Um, well, I, I don't... He's got this year to to sneak up on everybody because if you listen to other podcasts, everyone's like, oh, you know, Nico Heischer's due for a breakout year. You know, even spitting chicklets, they were like, yeah, I got to watch this guy. He goes, because I don't think he really stands out. Like, I haven't seen him. Like, he hasn't been. And unless you're watching him every day, you see the kind of player he is. Right. He needs to break out. And by breakout, I don't mean he's going to lead the league in scoring or anything. He's got to go. Living up to a, a potential of a number one pick. In a 56-game season, he's got to go 18 goals and like. Point a 40, game? Point a game? A little bit under? A little under and point a game. Huh. 35 assists. Oh, shit. Um, I mean, full season point a game would be nice. A full season, I would give him to stand out would be. 2545 that would be like wow nico like cuz if you look at somebody like that they compare him to and why he wears 13 with with Pavel Datsuk like yeah Pavel Datsuk put up some giant numbers but he was never a guy that was like he was a 85 to 90 kind of point guy and if nico can get in that range then we hit a home run but leading to our third thing that we should be hopeful for is chemistry putting him in the lineup right now let's say that you know he's our first line center but right now we have goose f hughes and palmary what if that line hits fire what if that line's awesome where do you put nico and then nico put him on seconds okay now let's say you put nico johansson and zaka there where do you put brat when he comes in um I okay. Um, and who are Z- we taking out of the lineup? Zaka. See, because, I, don't, because... I don't see it that way. I think you're going to see McLeod goes bye bye. Um, Bostrian goes bye bye. 
and now everyone gets pushed down. So it'll be Zajac, Kukinen, and Igor. <laughs> You're not going to take a chance on that? Nope. Sharon Govich. Sharon Govich. All right. Sharon Pova. Um, and then Boquist moves down with Wood and or Zaka moves down. Right, Zajac moves to fourth line. Zaka moves to the third line with Kukunen and Unless we're doing absolutely fantastic, if Zajac ends Sniff's fourth line, I think he requests a trade. I don't think so. No? I think he's been here long enough that he he's not going to get traded it. unless he I, wants to. I absolutely don't think he wants out anyway. I think last year they're like, hey, Zajac, do you want to get traded? And I, I'm pretty much he said no. Yeah. But he's, he's as far as chemistry though. goes, I mean, again, it's – is the glass half full, half empty kind of thing. Like it could be awesome that we have all these young guys and that they all mesh together and they hit their stride together. Or it could be, wow, we fucking suck. And they're, they plateaued. We, like everybody's saying, I think we have the most, the hardest division to play in. You have so many of these teams that are going to be looking to make the playoffs. What is it? Four out of the division is going to the top four is going to make it out. That's a yeah, lot. So, but that's the way it used to be in the Patrick division. It, yeah, and I think you'd agree with me. They should have renamed it them, even though they did the stupid. No, not stupid. Corporate sponsors. Corporate. Well, they need money. <clears throat> that's, so, yeah. Sorry, I use the word stupid, but so the opening uh, night lineup allegedly, allegedly. Gusev, Hughes, and Palmieri on line one. Johnson, Zajac, and Zaka, line two. Kokodin, Boquist, Sarangovich, line three. And Wood, McLeod, Bastion, mop-up duty. With yeah, Those last two lines are a little, with, uh, little shaky. Yeah, I mean, look. Uh, I mean, they're Mc, fast. McLeod and Bastion, I don't know what they do for Wood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because Wood needs, you know, that outlet pass, that whatever, you know what I mean? Like, they, he needs somebody well, to get him the puck, and I, I don't know. On paper, the way you could look at it is McLeod is going to be the passer, Bastion's going to give him space, and Wood is going to use his speed to get to an open area. Uh, the third line that Kukin and Boquist and... Sharon Govich. Sharon Govich. I mean, that's a lot of speed. If you look at our starting lineup, what it's going to be in this game this game tomorrow versus what we had a year ago or whatever, when we started the last season, we are super, super, super quicker mm -hmm. than we were with, you know, Wayne Simmons, you know, and those guys. But again, we'll be even quicker once Nico and Brett get into the lineup. But I'm just looking at this like, McLeod, McLeod, Bastion, Zaka are your your three choices for. I don't think so. No, I think it's going to be McLeod, definitely Bastion. There's your Nico and Brat. Your two, your Brat spots, and then Boquist moves to wing on the fourth line with and Zajac, and Zaka moves fourth line center to third line center with Kukinen and Sharon Govich if he's the guy he, that if sticks. He's the, if he's the Zaka we want, not the Zaka we've seen. Not the soccer we deserve. So your extras on D, or you didn't do D pairing. Murray Subban, Smith Severson. I'm happy that Ty Smith made it. Probably. Well, I think it's this is another one you got to show us, kid. 
Butcher Carrick, I don't know. Extras for that are Kulikov, Tennyson, Maltsev, or Foot. I, I guess those extras are. Oh yeah, they're they're probably putting um, forwards in there too. So Kulikov and Tennyson is your um, Kulikov's a good pick. Was a good pickup just because he is your your fifth sixth defenseman. Where if Ty Smith shits the bed, you move Butcher up and you put Kulikov with Carrick or Vatnin. Yep, and Vatnin too. We forgot. Yeah. So I think Smith is going to end up moving down. Butcher's going to move out. And you're going to end up seeing Smith, Kulikov, Vatnin, Severson, Murray, Subban. To, to, That's, a, to a general point, we have a good problem, meaning we have these veteran enough defensemen. They're not all like five, six guys, right? All of them. They're they're in the spots they're supposed to be. But we have we have a good problem, meaning that we have good veteran defensemen that are that are flippable and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not we're not putting out six rookies. We're not putting out six Smiths. No. Like I don't think you're gonna see Ty Smith play against the Rangers. I, I just don't think it, I don't think you're gonna see him play just let him all of the games game. against the Flyers. Or ball well, he'll probably play against Boston tomorrow. <coughs> but I don't think you're gonna see him play you know the the back to back games against the Rangers because he, he, like he's going like to get abused, right? No. Even without fans. So um, taxi squad. Uh, or uh, let's put it this way: uh, goalies, Blackwood, obviously Wedgwood being the backup. Uh, special story there: the fact that we signed Corey Crawford for Stanley Cup winner Scott Wedgwood. <laughs> wow, that's a mouthful. <laughs> <clears throat> um, Corey Crawford signed for two years in the offseason. Probably one of the better, bigger UFAs that we've signed to to have a damn good tandem in net. Um, decides to hang him up. Uh, a little pissed on my end on that one, too, for the simple fact of I, I can't, in the back of my mind, understand that you made the decision right to retire now. Is it, it was New Jersey that bad? Was New Jersey that fast? Did the pucks really come flying at you so bad that you were like Marty and his, you know, St. Louis this? Yeah, the St. Louis MVP, uh, Hall of Famer Marty Brodor, um, that you just said, I can't do this anymore. If, if that's the case, you, you signed two years. It doesn't hurt us in the cap. So I was happy about that. What I'm more pissed about is now we have a hole in goal. Not to be a rhyme, <laughs> but you're not. I mean, there's 56 games, right? There's there's four back-to-backs. There's a lot of games during the week. You're not putting Blackwood in a majority of those games. No. You're, you're going to burn him out, and it's going to screw us long-term. Do you even trust Wedgwood? Maybe that Stanley Cup ring in his back pocket is going to be too heavy, so I don't know. Yeah, but you know what? You, you, look, at, you look at the Islanders when what's-his-name took over, Trotz. Who were their goalies? I don't remember. Varlamov. Okay, yeah, the, the guy from Colorado. And Thomas Grice. Okay? And they were one of the best teams in the league, defensively. Yeah, so but Grice maybe, and Varlamov, they were, they've, they've played. They've, you know, Wedgwood right. was like a flash in a pan. And then we yeah, said Thomas, they were both backup goalies. You know, if you put the, again, I'll be the optimistic guy here. You put a good system in place for these two. It'll work. It'll work if you play the way we've played the last two years where they're seeing 
30 quality shots and 50 shots total in a game. We're picking one again. We're yeah, we're we're in we're in the ball lottery again. So while I would have liked to see Corey Crawford play, he had a cool helmet. Oh, he did. Yeah, that's what everybody. His helmet was about. pretty badass. Yeah. Um, Devilish. But yeah, know who else has got a really cool one? If you get a chance, go online and look up uh, Carey Price. Carey Price's helmet's pretty. It has no Montreal logo on it at all. Carey it's Price. it's like he's a robot. That's what his mask looks like. Like it's peeling away, and you see like his brain, and it's like a robot. Whoa, it's pretty cool. Really? Yes, oh, <laughs> it will wear a cyborg themed helmet. But oh, as far wow. as yeah, it's wow. pretty cool. That looks pretty cool, even with the teeth, and it's like a Terminator kind of face. Um, with Crawford, maybe it was he signed the contract, thinking, you know what, I really don't want to play, but I, as soon as I get there, It'll I'll change. be good to go. Yeah. And then he got here, and it was like. I'm just not feeling it. And it's not, you know, it's not fair. At least he's honest. It's not fair for him to sit there and just collect a paycheck and be yeah. essentially a bench warmer. I can give him that, that he didn't putz around. Like he didn't wait till like today to say, I am not doing this right. Right. On the, on the eve of the season. Right. So he allowed Wedgwood to, or not allowed, but it gave us the opportunity to see what Wedgwood had in practice and allegedly praise from Lindy Ruff. Whether that's an ego thing, I don't know, but praise from a coach gives you confidence. It, hopefully, it'll help us. Uh, well, I mean, Lindy Ruff did well with young goalies in other places. I mean, when he was in Buffalo, he had a ton of young goalies. Oh, yeah. Who did he have in Buffalo? Remind me again. Well, he had Hasek for a little bit, but he also had like Marty Baron, you know, and he led that they led them to the playoffs and Dwayne Rollison, you know, like when Buffalo did he was. Did play for us too? Dwayne Rollison? No. Yeah. No, he I never played for us. No. But you know, as far as what the 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 t- my outlook on the team is, I don't. Let's see. I don't think we're going to be in the top four. I, I mean, I'd like to say yes, we are, but uh, I could see us being close to it, maybe. But if we were to make the playoffs, it would be one of those where. Every player hit their stride. And and you never know. Lindy Ruff could push the right buttons and it could and it could click. Right. right. And then right. and then you can sit here and you go, Oh well, yeah, we're doing great. And then you know what you really have to do? You have to mention Shiro. You have to mention Hines. And you have to mention Nazardine going, They helped. As crappy as you want to talk about it, as crappy as they played, right? Something clicked. You have to give them some type of credit. Uh, look, from from what everybody said, if we actually beat Pittsburgh that last game, we would have been in a play-in, right? Yeah, well, you could look at it as if we didn't blow a four-goal fucking lead against Winnipeg, against Winnipeg in the first game been, of the season. Then we would have been in, right? Or we, who knows? We could have lost another game that same way. But still, they say that last that game against Pittsburgh, if we won, we would have been in the play-in round. I mean, you so, name this episode New Hope. I'd like to tell you that we have hope. I mean, we have hope coming in the future. Well, it's not going to be a new dope, okay? Yeah. I, I, oh. I, I praised the the Fitzgerald hiring. I wanted that to happen. Um, the rough caught me off guard. Recky's hire caught me off guard. Per- I'm just going into the shrugging shoulders like, I, I'm glad hockey's back. It's true. 
and, and it is weird knowing that I get a nice email one day. Hey, we're stopping your automatic payments for the 2021 season, and we'll start in 2122. Okay. Okay. All right. So okay. what if what? The, what if they allow fans back real soon? Then what? You get to go for free? No. Well, probably because that pro that portion of the season, like those beginning games, I guess, are probably paid for already. The way that they do it, but I don't know. All right. And what if they make the playoffs and allow people in? Uh, depends. Honest <laughs> to God, it depends on if I get vaccinated or not. Which allegedly here in New Jersey, I'm part of it starting tomorrow. Look, it was nice knowing you. Come back next week for the HSSK zombie. Look, <laughs> zombie and Dave. We'll uh, <clears throat> we'll we'll deviate a little bit. Um, first, where Dave teaches Rob all of the steps to Thriller. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong podcast, but okay. And yeah. Um. Look. If first responders, teachers, and the elderly all get vaccinated before I do, it's fake news. I'll be happy. I will get my vaccination. I'll be a happy boy. Five years down the road, at this point, I'll still wear a freaking mask into the food stores. I don't trust a living soul. <clears throat> okay. That's except a discussion for another except for podcast. Anyway, deviation from. Hockey. NHL News. Gary Benton mentioned recently that it would be cheaper for us to have shut the doors and not play this season. Yeah, I also read that that's bullshit. Really? Yes. Well, it's not bullshit that if it would be cheaper for them to just not play. But part of the, and I'm using air quotes here, CBA that they came up with is, I guess, the uh, split between how much the players get, the the revenue sharing mm-hmm. right now is 50-50. Okay. But once everything gets back to normal and people go back into the buildings, um, players are going to, that 50-50 split is going to be not 50-50 anymore until the owners are made whole. So... Right now, everything's 50-50. We make $200 million. As a, you know, the players get $100 million and the owners get $100 million. I'm just using simple math here. Well, guess what? You know, Next year, when there's a full season of fans in the building, that split's going to be 45-55. Oh, we didn't make enough to get back? The next year, it's going to be 60-40 so that the owners can get their money back be quote unquote made whole again. That's what uh, Alan Walsh, the the agent said that it was essentially, that's a bullshit statement. Wow. Interesting. That it was a, Oh, thanks for helping us out. NHL. Thanks for coming back. Even though you're going to lose money. It's like, yeah, they're going to lose money this year, but they're going to make it back on the back end. Oh, so how many more years before the CBA is over? Oh, it's long. It's like seven years. Yeah. Yeah. He said, I forget what show it was. He was on one of the shows, 31 Thoughts or Spitting Chicklets, where he said, like, it's going to be nice for seven years. But after seven years, if they're not made whole, expect the players, especially if they go to ESPN and sign a, you know. Biggie deal. Yeah. Big deal, which let's be honest, everybody's kind of hoping for. But so, so I don't know. So ESPN will be basketball 
Yeah, that's exactly how it's going to be. It's going to be basketball. It's going to be baseball. It's going to be baseball, basketball, Sunday night football, LeBron, Aaron Rodgers, and hockey, and, and <laughs> Connor McDavid. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, there was a blip in the audio. What did you say there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Linda Cohen and Barry Melrose are going to be like... And Butcher Grass. Bucci. Yep. Now, we know that there's other news to talk about in the NHL that we're probably not going to talk about, and the same thing with wrestling because we've been off for, oh, I don't know, four or five months. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to play an outdoor game in Lake Tahoe with no fans. It's essentially going to be like in the middle of the fucking woods. Yes. Kind it's, of. It's going to be a, cool. it's going to end up being like the undertaker versus AJ styles. We'll mix the two together. It's going to be <clears> a <throat> cinematic game. Yeah. Except that they're really playing, <laughs> but it's going to be awesome in the fact that you're probably going to get views that you've never, I mean, other than the background of Lake Tahoe. Yeah. But um, it, yeah. But if you're, if you don't have a freaking 4k TV or higher, what, what good is it going to be? Well, the other thing that's going to be cool is they should be able to get camera angles that they've never had before because you don't have to worry about blocking fans. That too. It would be cool. I, look, it, it would be pretty awesome if, if one of those lakes froze solid and they played an actual NHL game on top of like a lake, a literal lake. Yeah. No. That's not going to happen, though. <laughs> but look, look, you see all those like you know videos that come up on social media about guys just skating on a lake and, and doing this and just skating for miles. I sit there and I go, I wish I could do that. Yeah, and me I too. say, I wish I could play hockey. I asked Santa for a rink for my backyard. Did but, you? Uh, hey, I saw one of those uh, fake rinks. Uh, yeah, that's what um, I wanted. Yeah, for what three grand? Per oh, they're foot? cheaper than that. <laughs> they're cheaper than that. Um, other things that went on uh, the offside rule has changed it used to be you had to have your foot on the ice now your foot could be kind of in the air and it still counts kind of like football you know if the ball is doesn't have to be on the ground you can just you know your body could be out of bounds with the ball so if they're they're doing a replay is it one of those like if they try to match up the skate in the air down i'm sure yeah again i mean with no fans in the buildings right now you could easily have a camera above the blue line just going straight down. Yeah, I can I can see that. Like the overhead camera. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. The uh, Mr. Kennedy microphone camera that's just going straight down. Kennedy. Yep. And then let's see, this week we had some big names on the waiver wire. And, of course, the Devils pick up the least biggest name on the waiver wire, a goalie, Eric Comrie. News Which came, we needed. News came out about that, um, that Toronto held on to their that third string guy that they had, literally because they knew that if they put him through waivers, we, we were going to get him. Yeah, Aaron uh, Dell. Yes. I think it was. And I sit there and I go, I have no idea. I know the name from, from the computer world. He was on the Sharks for a while. He had cool... He had cool pads for the Sharks. That's all I know. I, I don't know anything about his game, but the fact that Toronto kept him to avoid him from coming to us makes me feel that this guy is kind of a semi big deal. No, he's not. He's not the next big deal. Big enough for Toronto to keep him, you know, salary cap Toronto. Uh, update. My buddy just sent me us at HSK podcast on Twitter. Uh, 
Orange Cassidy has been voted the 2020 most popular wrestler of the year. You can see your <laughs> Zoom video. Give thumbs, thumbs up. up. Um, but yeah, big names. Probably the biggest, Tyler Johnson in Tampa. I think it was more of a they put him out there because they knew nobody was going to go for him. He was already on waivers earlier in the summer or off season. Uh, nobody took him. They need to clear cap room. If um, push comes to shove, right? He's still out there. We're on the verge of making playoffs. Would you go after that kind of player? No, because where are we putting him? I'm just he's saying. A, he's you... a center, right? He's a center. Where are you putting him? If we're that good that we're in the playoffs. Or on the verge of. like, you know. Or on the verge of. Who do you take out of the lineup? Again, we were talking about chemistry. Like, do you fuck with what you have? Mm. Or do you bring in do you bring in Doug Gilmore like we tried to do years ago and it fucked with our chemistry and we didn't make the playoffs? Perhaps or we did make the playoffs and he was the only guy that played in the playoffs. That year, playoffs and we haven't played game 1 yet of our season. Who knows? Yeah. We can we could have done we could do a, a wrap up show on Friday after this. And then just say, everything we said in that last show, forget about it. Yeah, erase it. <laughs> Did you listen to our last show? Forget about it. Yes. <clears throat> way, to be, way to be totally New Jersey. Sopranos debuted uh, in 1999 this week. That's a long time ago. Back in 1999. 22 years ago, that show. So the devil's gonna make NJ run through the uh, the arena like mm-hmm. um, you say you're from Jersey. You ain't from Jersey. Get up. <laughs> <laughs> Who loves you? Yeah. Besides, besides ice. ice. <laughs> uh, big big up to Dr. Dre. Hope you're feeling better. <laughs> yeah, that was uh fucking brain aneurysm, dude. Jesus. Christ. That wasn't Dr. Dre though. That yeah? was uh, ice tea. No, that was ice tea. But I'm just we're on the, <laughs> you know we're on the Compton trip here. All right, you want to talk about some wrestling? <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, this wrestling portion of the High Sticks and Super Kicks podcast brought to you by Rich Creamy Ovaltine. Um, <laughs> a crummy commercial? Tis the season. This is going to be so heavy AEW. We we should just rename our podcast to the HSS AEW podcast. Yeah. I'm, ju- I'm just saying, okay? I, I bit and I watched Raw a little bit. And I couldn't take it. They, I, I guess Triple H is going to be a full time wrestler again now. Well, well, for the next at least what two weeks. So what is he going? He going to wrestle no the two weeks, and then he's going to go after. I have no idea. Gold, he's going to wrestle Goldberg. Oh boy, that would have been an awesome match when the Sopranos debuted. <laughs> look, you know, you know, I'm I'm starting to get the feeling. You know, when when it's time for a wrestler not to wrestle. Wrestled with a shirt and pants on when, yesterday. When they are <laughs> fully clothed and their normal ring attire, you can see their cup. Okay. When they wear full clothes, like when Sting started wearing t shirts in like TNA yeah. or Impact, whenever that was. Yeah. It, no. Mm-mm. But meanwhile, Kurt Angle is jacked now. He's more jacked now than he was. Didn't he get released, though? When he was wrestling. Yeah, I think it was one of those releases like, look, we're going to let you go. Um, Maybe but as soon as the play. pandemic's over, you're coming back kind of thing. Mm. So 
uh, yeah, thoughts. On, so, what are your thoughts on the whole WWE Thunderdome concept? The only thing sicker than America because of this pandemic is the WWE. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. No, like um, they're on the respirator right now. That Thunderdome concept, I I think is is it's innovating to a certain extent. It but is, it wears it, off. It's tiring at this point. And then once I started reading the dirt sheets about, oh, you know, the, one of the backstage producers is piping in audio to everybody who's watching saying, hey, this such and such is coming out. You need to cheer like crazy or, hey, you need to boo this guy. Yep. You took a concept that was nobody well, did before. Also, people ruined it by, like, putting beheading videos on in the background. Well, and well. Yes, or when somebody like Kenny Omega decides to buy a seat. I don't. I don't know how that concept works. And it was pretty much like on camera, so like they did a still shot, and like boom, there he is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, we can compare it to AEW. AEW uses a thing called Daily's Place somewhere in Jacksonville, and there's even talk about them moving out because like forty degrees outside, wrestlers, you know throwing punches and there's like steam coming off of them <laughs> uh, a few weeks back when um, Moxley and Omega fought for the championship when Omega won um, there were heaters outside the ring to kind of keep them warm Moxley threw Omega head first into one of those heaters and burned his eye and puffed it up nicely nice you're saying that the the wrestling's fake, though. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Still real to me, damn it. <laughs> um, the fact that... Look, and you know what? Um, the WWE's in Tropicana Field where the uh, Tampa Bay Rays in baseball play. Yeah, that's, that's the middle of nowhere. That's Florida. Where's Daly's place? Jacksonville, Florida. If... Look, and I'm not condoning or I'm not agreeing with, the, with what COVID-related rules they don't have in Florida... But if you're in Tropicana Field, right? Field, that's it. There's enough for, for social distancing. If AEW can pack in hundreds, let's call it a thousand people, socially distanced, masked up, open air environment. Yeah, but WWE's not going to risk that. They wouldn't risk it. They've gotten it, more COVID positive cases than AEW has. Right, but you don't want to risk having people on a concourse walking around, not social distancing, getting it and saying, I got it at this event. You didn't do enough to protect us. What Welcome. is Daly's place? Is all, like I know we're bringing it back locally to New Jersey, but is that like PNC Bank Art Center? It looks like it. Yeah, like just with a, with a performance stage and seats, open environment. Yeah. <sighs> but my thoughts on the WWE product is, I know that I read, shit, it might have been a month or two ago that, USA kind of sent the memo to them saying like, you need to pick your shit up because you're getting the lowest ratings you've ever had. And, you know, whatever you need to do, bring back the attitude error. Problem is they don't have the roster to bring back an attitude error. They don't have the guys. They don't have the personalities, you know, like everyone's talking about Keith Lee, like, yeah, that's cool to me. He is a Mark Henry. You know, he's a big guy, you know, ho, oh, and I'm not just saying that because he's black and, and heavy, but 
that's the kind of wrestler I look at him as. You know, I look at so Seth what? Rollins as, yeah, he's great and all. And, he, oh, he's like Shawn Michaels because he's got that same kind of build. He doesn't have the personality. He can't. He's a I robot. Think for, he's a robot. The script says blah, blah, blah. He can't jive off of it. Same with Roman Reigns. You know, like there's no there's there's so much of a character for them that it's not their personality, that it's not comfortable. Like Austin was Austin. Rock was that's who he was. Yeah. Even Triple H at that time. That's who he was. Shawn Michaels, Flair, like that's who they are. And I think the WWE right now is so fucking produced on overproduced this is your character. Like, do I think, and these guys can't either, either they don't buy into the character that they have, like the Undertaker did for all those years. There's your model wrestler for anybody. It doesn't matter what organization you're part of. You look at the Undertaker. Who bought into his character and changed it. And I'm not saying that as a 40-year-old. That's wrestling, right? Yeah. You need a gimmick. You need to uh, properly do a storyline, and you need to be able to sell and everything else. Look at things that are that like Jim Ross is saying. Everybody in AEW is doing, you know, there's like 15 people waiting outside, waiting for somebody to jump over a rope and splash on them. That that that's realistic. No, you know what I mean. Like right. Everybody stands outside the ring waiting to catch somebody who's doing some, you know, 980 right. degree flip over the top rope. Right. You can't see that that's coming. Like Bray Wyatt is living the character. Okay. Like you don't. So so you're saying he's a nice crispy. Uh... but what i mean is like (laughs) i know alexa bliss is living the character like you can believe like she's not like a robot like she's this is the kind of thing that she came up with and kind of molded into i saw that i saw the video this pat on on raw with her shooting the uh the fireball fireball in his eye they they let randy sell it too long too long it should have like he should have went down and he should have been on his face Doing, and they you know, put his hands on his face, and 11, then eleven o'clock cut. Eleven o'clock cut it off instead of letting him fucking. If okay, let's. I mean, I understand it's 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 Alexa Bliss's playground or whatever term they're using for her. Um, if you're gonna let Randy Orton flap and flop around like for that long, emergency medical people needed to run out there to make it more yeah. realistic. Going, you know, what is wrong? Are you okay? And everything else. You just don't let him. To flop for so long unless they they did that spot so early that they needed to kill time who knows and i think like matt riddle is oh matt not, that's his character that's him that's him but and that's fine but they're, they're just not doing enough with him where he can show who he is dude bro like it's it, it's it, overproduced it's the perfect perfect example and i'm not talking mr perfect i'm talking perfect example if you take Matt Riddle, you take Keith Lee, right? You put them in NXT, they will flourish. You put them in AEW, they will flourish. You put them on Raw and SmackDown, small shrimp in a huge ocean. Yeah, it, it, it sucks. Loses and, it. And the fact that they, they like Shinsuke Nakamura, like he came in with all of this hype, and he is the character he portrayed in other wrestling companies. And then you, for the last three years, you fucking job him out. Yeah. You know, you job him out on a tag team with Cesaro, who is where single wrestlers go to die. You tag with Cesaro. You know, the fact that they're letting Sheamus 
be a stereotypical Irish guy, you know, wife beater. And, and like, you know, Drew McIntyre is a good example of somebody who right now is being who he is. And you I know, it's not a character. Him. It's I, who he is. And I feel bad for him considering there's no fans. Yeah. And I feel bad for the, I, I do feel bad for the WWE because their whole shit rides on fans. Oh my God. Moments. Hmm? Holy shit. Moments. And they don't have them now because they can't like maybe Tessa Blanchard, as we've talked about is going to WWE, but you're not going to debut her until you have fans. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to bring out, like if I'm Brock Lesnar, I'm like, fuck, I don't care how much money you throw at me. I'm not coming back to wrestle, you know, at a charity hall, essentially in front of nobody. Or he goes to AEW shocks the shit out of the world until COVID's over and then goes, all right, shot con. I'm out. Peace. Vince, what's up? Yeah, they can't afford him or they could afford him, but it's not worth it to have him come in and because then you're just becoming WCW. Um, I mean, right now I'm I have AEW Dynamite on in the background. So if you're listening to the podcast and you hear it, sorry, um, Darby Allen and Brian Cage, by the way, Brian Cage, like I said, wonderful addition. Yeah. Although he has no personality, that's why you had to put him with fucking Taz. I I, I watched some of his stuff in um, TNA, and it's yeah, it's same here. It's like okay, it, it's 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 almost like having Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. Like Paul Heyman needed to be with him because, right, he wasn't. Brock just can't on the mic. But as I'm watching this, I go Darby Allen, Brian Cage, and, and the main event here for the title for the uh, TNT, uh, the Taz title. No, no, TNT, not not the FTW. And by the way, when was the FTW title real in ECW? I, I don't even remember. I don't know. My buddy has the uh, the same buddy that texts me about Orange Cassidy. Yeah. He uh, <clears throat> he used to have an ECW championship belt that had the FTW on it. So, so maybe that's what it was from. But still, th- this is I'm looking at this right. This is pretty cool. Like I'm, I'm just, and and I'm trying not to be a mark, but I'm watching this, and I'm like, I'm excited watching this. I don't care that Darby Allen is a toothpick, and Brian Cage is like, you know, the Incredible Hulk. Brian Cage reminds me of Chris Masters. Ah, uh, yeah, but he has a little bit more um, wrestling technique. Wrestling technique, yeah. You can you can see it, but you mentioned Tess Blanchard. I thought go to AEW for a while. What the hell? The the women's division there needs help. I'm, I'm telling. I mean, look, you you have Abaddon. This this zombie chick going for a title like it, <clears throat> you look at her character and you're just like grossed out, right? Look at look at I'm her. the boogeyman. <laughs> the boogeyman looks cute compared to this, but then you look up who this wrestler is in real life. Your smoke show. Oh yeah, good. And I'm trying not to, be but that's what but see, but that's what wrestlers need because how many blonde haired. Blue-eyed, big boobs, Mandy Rose, who I love, Liv, Tot, Liv Morgan. Well, you like Mandy Rose because she's a Jersey girl. No, I could really care less. Um, yeah, that's why I love her. Uh, Liv Morgan. Who's the other one that's with fucking Liv Morgan now? Or uh, Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke. How many, you know, you have I'll Flair's daughter, blonde-haired, big boobs. You know, like how many? how many do you need? That's why in those days of Trish, blonde hair, big boobs. Yeah. 
and Lita, they could at least they like how many times wrestle. did those two fucking wrestle? Hmm. They have the wrestling ability. And these are like they're just shoving them out there for the looks and hoping the wrestling catches up. Not too good. I mean, um, let's see what else. Brody Lee passing. Uh, that's that, that that sucked. That absolutely sucked. He was in a prime spot of being Dark Order numero uno. No offense to Evil Uno. Um, I watched that whole um, tribute show. Yeah, dude, I cried. I cried more when Eric Redbeard came out, aka Eric Rowan. The funny thing about that is I I read on one of those dirt dirt sheets that um, Jericho was on the comment commentating booth and he kept screaming out Eric Rowan, Eric Rowan, Eric Rowan, and Excalibur kept saying Redbeard, Redbeard, Redbeard. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> and then it, I'm sitting here going, I understand why. Oh, fuck, Vince is gonna goddamn get him for this every single time. And but, you think like everything that you've read about Brody Lee, he was like the nicest guy in the world. I read oh my that AEW yeah. knew this was happening and they let his son pin Omega for the title. Yeah. You know, like, so his son has that title and the TNT title. Like you could just tell that that's a class organization organization over there that it, that it, they care about, the wrestlers in general. I'm not saying that WWE and Vince don't do their part, but you know, I think of countless wrestlers who have died in WWE. I mean, obviously you could think about the ones that died while actively wrestling for them. I mean, Benoit comes to mind, but I I can't go back that far in my memory to think about, did they, did they do something similar for Owen or was it just a 10 bell salute and they kept going? I think it was just that. You know, like it wasn't it wasn't even the tribute wrestling show that the Benoit got till they realized he murdered his whole fucking family. You know, I, I think I think they dropped the ball with their they just did what the uh a, a Brody Lee and, and they yeah, they did like a flash at the beginning and then everybody within the first like ten minutes of the show is like it's Wednesday, you know what that you know what that means. Like a like a like a very, very thin callback to, to his character and like that was about it. Uh, they sh- they could have done more. They should have done more. They um, should have did the ten bell salute for the guy. Um, I asked, and I read I read what's his name, the Vince Russo, mm-hmm. and he he did make a good point. He's like, where do you draw the line though? Like, who gets a ten bell salute? Who just gets the placard? He goes, either everybody gets a plaque, you know, the mm-hmm. the opening scene thing, or everybody gets a ten bell salute. He goes now. Is Brody Lee on the same lines as, you know, superstar Billy Graham? No. No, but should they get the same? He made a good point. Like, I don't like listening to him because I think he's a fucking complainer about same, everything. Same like but, Cornette, but. I, um, look, it, look at it. how long was he in the WWE for, right? And, and his old. Solid guy. eight years, seven years. Okay. How long was he in AEW for? Solid eight months, a year. If that, yeah, right. summer. And they dedicated a whole two-hour show to this guy. They let, and I'm, I'm, I hope I'm not ruining it for anybody. Um, they let the Dark Order win every single match they were in. Awesome. I cried twice as much when they let when when his kid was in there and put uh, the what do you call it over his uh, over his boots. That that did it for me. I was like, oh Jesus Christ. Yeah, um, it's... 
I, but I think the fact that you brought in Eric Rowan slash Redbeard, okay, and you, you, you and I'm sure that if you could have Bray Wyatt and all those, and they did the, show the they, New Day and all those guys. They did show pictures of him in like a montage. Montage. Right. Um, they did. They showed Brody, uh, um, Bray Wyatt. They showed when he and Eric, uh, when they were the Bludgeon Brothers or whatever, they, when they won the SmackDown tag team. To, they literally showed them ha- holding up blue belts. They did barely enough to kind of whitewash what the championship gold looked like, but you saw it was a blue belt, so you knew where it was. So they had some of those pictures and all that, and all that kind of stuff. Um I think what they could have done with the Eric Redbeard thing was just you had him on screen, you had him holding that sign, you could have said nothing. And then, in my opinion, there's only one real person to take over that deal, and that's Eric Rowan. Just keep that gimmick going for a little bit longer or what have you. Um, yeah, I don't I d- think he... I don't go for the whole Matt Hardy thing. I think there was such a buzz of him coming in here, and again, because there's a lack of full fans in the arena Matt Hardy's like the whole (laughs) look I I I I am 200% behind his gimmick he's a 2.0 he's a great he's got great gimmicks and he he portrays them perfectly to no fans makes no sense yep none and it's he's losing his his luster um, my 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 biggest mark in in this whole thing, Sting. No, oh, I know, you are Sting, Mark. Oh. Okay, as long as he doesn't wrestle, the end. They're talking That's the end of it. They're doing. They're talking of like cinematic type matches, kind of stuff. So, okay, look, if he if he can do it, if they can choreograph it to a point where he's not trying to lift up. Freaking, you know, Brian Cage and then his whole like spine just accordions, and that's that's the end of it. If if he can do it and he feels comfortable doing it, fine. He signed the multi year deal with AEW, so it's just an extension of WCW in general. That's my whole feeling, and that's probably why I like AEW more than any other WWE product out there. But he knows the business, right? They're amongst no. pe- they're amongst people who know the business, so they know how this should work. And not making it a Vince anti Vince thing, but they should they know they're gonna treat him with the respect that he deserves because doesn't matter where you came from, you're sting, as opposed to in the WWE where it was you were the guy that was against us for so long, we're gonna bury you. And that's what Vince did. He straight up buried. Come and on, come on. I read I read that Sting went to Triple H and said before the you know, even when they were talking before they were going to put him in the Hall of Fame, that he said something along the lines of like, you know, Triple H, I, I could still wrestle, you know, like I, I'm not going to wrestle every night, but I could still come out and do matches. And they're like, yeah, no, it's better this way that if you just retire and go into the Hall of Fame. It makes that makes no, no sense. You, you don't you don't you don't you wonder what if. But did you really, would you really, 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 pre pandemic, want to see a Sting Undertaker match? 
match no that's the way they did the cinematic stuff i'd like to have seen what that look at 41 okay it's not sting versus undertaker i get it it's steve borden versus adam um no what was his name mark calloway mark calloway okay that that's what it is the cinematic stuff i was weird about but then i saw the clips of it with aj styles and everything else that was pretty cool what could they have done with a sting versus a dead man like like okay I'm not a big fan of Crow Sting, okay? I want Surfer Sting. I grew up with Surfer Sting. That's all I want. I don't I don't like this whole Well, he's gotta hide the yeah, fact that he's yeah, old 60. as shit. He's fucking sixty. I get it. I, look, you're 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 doing an homage, right? You have Tully Blanchard as a manager. You have Arn Anderson as a manager, okay? You have Billy Gunn as a I don't know what you want to call it. Jerry Agent. Yeah, Jerry Lynn as an agent. You bring in Sting. You have the Rhodes brothers who have a lineage from Dusty. You have wrestling people, smart minds. Yeah, you do. But let's just hope that they don't let yeah let it spiral. Ego, yeah, cause it to spiral. You know, absolute power corrupts absolutely, kind of thing. I don't think you're going to see that. But Sting should be there in a mentor character development building role which i think all the names are tully sting even dustin Rhodes, right um vicky guerrero right you, you have all these names right billy gunn you have all these names taz what are they they're not main eventing they're not show me on the camera every five seconds they're they know their role they're bit players it works you, you talk about mentorship Sting is allegedly mentoring Darby Allen. Darby Allen's not a bad wrestler. It's 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 like a mix of like a a rock and a luchador. And Sting. That's a little weird. Um MJF, I know you you and I both big fan. Big fan of him. Bigger fan for Orange Orange Cassidy. I think he he took his character to another level. When he did this stupid thing with a debate with Jericho, where he just went off on global he warming, he did the Will Ferrell old school. It, it, okay, that that just took because his character skyrocketed, and now with him being the twenty twenty rest of the year, I don't have any problems with that at all. Because, no. because it's not like his matches are anything spectacular. It's not like you're watching RVD and Jerry Lynn kind of matches. No. But it, I th- with every, he does a good job selling everything in AEW. Um, is storytelling. That's all it is. You you look at the storytelling of it, and it's most matches are good. FTR, right? As I don't as, like the Young Bucks. Call me crazy. No, I I believe me. I don't either. Um, I think it's one of those hype. Versus, I think they're I think they're good wrestlers, but I think that it's all about spot fest. Yes. How many spots can we get in? No, I agree. That are not realistic. They're they're better off being the what you see them every once in a while, and they're just backstage agents, or they're just backstage EVPs, and um, yeah, that's about it. I mean, the fact that Cody doesn't like wrestle as much, right? He did it to enhance talent, right? To put people over, which was great. And now he's not really in that main event picture kind of thing, which is fine. Um, the one thing I don't like about AEW, probably the one negative about it. There's too many stables, way too many stables. But at least it's realistic because now you see people that are friends 
that you know are friends. Like people knew that John Cena and Randy Orton were friends in real life. You know, like why wouldn't if you're trying to sell wrestling is real? Boy, is that a fucking oxymoron? But if you're trying to sell wrestling as being realistic, why wouldn't you go run out there to help your friend? The only difference is now is that they're putting these people together that are friends in real life, best friends. To can I can I just say half of best friends really needs to do a few sit ups? Yeah, Mine. when he's got a body like me, it's an issue. Oh, pudgy wudgy, man. But hey, they can wrestle. When when they when they took on Santana Ortiz in that backyard brawl and running slamming through cars, and, oh, that was pretty good. Holy I, they they have too many stables, but it's their way of getting making sure everybody has a spot. And what's cool about it is is that yeah, you have Jericho in the inner circle and M, MG, MJF and you know LAX and those guys all together, but like you, you didn't, I didn't know who the fuck Sammy Guerrero was. No. And like it gave him a spotlight, mm-hmm. you know, which, like, which I'm surprised that Jericho would do something like that to a hundred percent honest, but he's come in. He took the title because obviously he's the biggest, he was the biggest name in there. Right. So he brought a, he brought a UW with him and now he's just enhancing things. Right. Right. And even with up. Moxley, you know, with Dean Ambrose, like, He's a loner and that's the way he should be. He shouldn't, he should be, and I'm going to, I would get shit for this. He should be this millennial generation's Austin. Which I think he kind of is. That's what I think he's going for, where I don't really give a fuck. And it's going to come down to whenever Renee Young's contract or do not compete clause comes up. After they have their baby. Right. She's going to show up, and if I'm writing for AEW... They have no writers, by the way. Right. If if I'm a person coming up with gimmicks for AEW, the first person that goes after Renee Young to entice uh, Ambrose, or whatever the fuck his name is, Moxley, to come in is MJF. Don't do the whole your baby isn't your baby gimmick. What if she gives birth to a hand? Are you okay with that? No. Don't do the whole like, you know, Chris, there was, John, there was a night, you know, when you first joined the company. Like, don't do that. I don't think they, no, they don't, uh, since they they don't have scripting and I don't believe they have writers, I, that kind of stuff I don't think comes up. I, I would just have MJF come out and be like. And just hit on her. No, not even hit on her. Like have her st- sitting there with the kid and him just talking to the kid, non like the baby, like the infant nonstop. Just being like, hey, kid, you want to see me beat your dad? Do you want to see what a real man looks like? Because you want to grow up? He's a real heel. Yeah. Well, he let Brody's kid. It pissed me off. And I said, God damn it, they got me. It pissed me off when he was shit talking his youngest son. But then when his youngest son freaking hit him in the head with with the with the kendo stick, I, I and after after I, I said screw me because they got me getting pissed off at him. I should have known better. And then when they hit him in the head, I'm like, they just did a fucking great storyline. Yeah, I loved it. But he's good. Yes, he, he is, is the he's again when we were talking about WWE's problem of not having characters or believable wrestlers that can. Speak on their own without a script. He is the perfect example of it. No, I agree. 
Totally, he, totally agree. I'm not going to say he's rock because I don't think he has the same magnitude of personality that the rock had, yeah. but he's, he's, he's also, up there. He's also 23. He's, he's not old. Yeah, I know. To be that. I know. And I, mean, and I honestly think every, anybody who's in AEW, I'm sure they're looking at Jericho and Rhodes and, and everybody else. And they look back at them and go, don't be Steve Austin. Don't be the rock. Don't be Hulk Hogan. Be you develop you, not, not the next them. It's you. And that's yeah. what's going to make them better. Like you have somebody with Sting with Darby Allen. It's not like, don't be me because you wear face paint. Yes, be me just because of maybe the way I wrestled or just the idea no, of something. Right. right? It's like if Jericho is the perfect example of that. You know, I'm not I'm not the Jericho with Rufus. I'm not the Lionheart anymore. I'm not Y2J. I'm not the Ayatollah of rock and roll. I'm something different. I I don't keep going back to the same well. You know, I'm not the guy in red and yellow going brother. You know, I'm not, you know, smashing beers or whatever anymore. I'm this different character. You know, I don't have the list. I don't, you know, like. It'd be, it'd be funny enough, at least to me, if he cut a promo that just as, encompassed everything of the, give hints, right? He goes, listen, you don't want me to put you on some type of list, right? Oh, you know what I do? I have him get a concussion. Oh, and, and, and flip out. and flip between character like like a and, Matt Hardy and come out as like the Y two J like you know that's what I have him do. And every week he gets hit in the head and comes out as a different character. He might do that considering that they've done the um, uh, what do you call it the the dance scene with uh, oh that was Jeff funny. And, I actually watched that. That was. And people are like, "Oh, that's so stupid." I'm like, "Do you not realize like this is like they're they're not making fun of wrestling, but they're just right. It's part they're of the having gimmick. fun. Yes, it... ah. I I hate people sometimes. That's not real, man. Shut up. That sucks. <laughs> Meanwhile, the WWE is just trying to throw as much shit against the wall to try to see what'll stick. And who's this new wrestler that they have out that? I don't know if he's in NXT. Looks like Dolph Lundgren. What's his name? Like Walter or something like that? No, I I saw him. He, he's got like the the shaved kind of millennial head where he's got like the comb the blonde hair, tight like. I'd have to see the picture to I, look. I I may look at him and go, oh, but I haven't watched that enough to. I think he's the guy that everyone's saying is supposed to be the next Brock Lesnar. Okay, yes, I've seen stuff on that. Yeah. Okay, and like don't be the next Brock Lesnar. Be the, be you. I don't need you to be an, a force that comes in and screams and does three moves. Yeah, we had that with Goldberg and then again we had that with Brock Lesnar. And we're having that with that other guy that constantly gets in trouble for being in gay porn and whatever the hell his name was. Lars Sullivan. Yeah, like Stop. Stop with Vince. Stop going back to your notebook and going, <laughs> what worked in 1998? Oh, that's right. A really big guy in a bodysuit that makes him look muscular. All right. What works? Uh, a group of guys that are really weird. Nobody wants to wrestle. All right. The oddities. Let's do that. Like, dude, just come up with something. The oddities. And that just brings me to a Ron and Fez moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every time I... Everybody come to the greatest show. Oh, man. 
Well, it's good to be back. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many of these we're going to be re- doing regularly, considering. Well, I'm on, how much, I'm on how, days for the next uh, three months. I mean, how much how much hockey can we do when there's a game like every other night? What kind of recap? Oh, well, it should be more like it is now. News recap and Away a quick uh, how much wrestling sucks instead of it being a two-hour show. <laughs> and there's your quick synopsis and the high sticks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, it was, it was good to get back in the saddle again after uh, all these uh, months off. And... And we are sorry if we missed your favorite story that we haven't talked about in the last four months, but uh, if we tried to write everything down that we missed, we'd be, this would be a 12-hour show. Yeah. I, we pretty much scrapped a what we were supposed to do in August for tonight's show. So. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Next week, if we do a show, it'll be a Devil's Wrap-Up. It'll be a NHL Wrap-Up and how many people got hurt because they just rushed through a preseason. And some yeah. wrestling. We'll fun. either be a happy Devils fan, like, oh, wow, look, we beat Boston. You know, that's supposed to be the, one of the powerhouse teams, or we're going to be... We're uh, on a 12-game streak, baby. Yeah. Not going to say if we're winning or losing, but still, it's a streak. Jack Hughes is on pace for 56 goals. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Yeah, maybe next week we'll talk about, we'll just, we'll, we'll do our predictions of who wins awards. That'll be our NHL news. Number one pick goes to the New Jersey Devils. <clears throat> Again? <laughs> hey, if it makes us better, if it makes us better. I don't know. 56-game season, man. This is going to be... We're going to blink, and the season's going to be over. So That's for me. Anyway. All right. For Rob, for Dave, High Sticks and Super Kicks podcast. Your home. Find us. Huh? Find us on Twitter, Facebook, yes. and all of your social media platforms. Just Google us. Do the Google. Use the Google if it hasn't, you know, shut you down for the rest of your life. <laughs> Hi, when Stacey. I listen to something, it's the greatest podcast ever. They're the only people that let me speak now. Hi, Sticks and Super you think we should send out an interview? No. He fine. was a wrestler. Let's send out an interview. How many hits would we get? Not the kind of people I want really listening to this podcast. <laughs> so tell us about when you weren't president and you wrestled Vince McMahon. <laughs> Tell us how it feels to Speaking get... Speaking of wrestling, how do you feel about wrestling with impeachment? <laughs> how do you feel about some Flintstones-looking dude? Did you ever wrestle at the Royal Rumble? Rumble? Let me speak about the Royal Rumble at the Capitol. <laughs> Sticks and Sewer Kicks podcast. You're home for the perfect blend. Hockey and professional wrestling. Your pals, Rob and Dave. Last word to you, my friend. Poodles. Great to be back. <laughs>